Yay, you're here! I am pumped. There is just no other way to say it. So glad you're here. Have I got a story for you. This is about a man who almost wasn't vice president. Almost wasn't, but did, did become vice president while he was not even in the country. And then he was only vice president for a short, short period of time. You've got to hear this story. You're going to have some mind-blown brain tangle moments when you're listening to this. I'm chatting with my friend, Abby Ayers. I just love her so much. You're going to get a kick out of listening to our conversation. Let's dive in. Let's do the man who almost wasn't vice president. I'm Sharon McMahon. And welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. Abby. Hello, my friend. Hey, how are you? It's so nice to, for so you to good. join me. Um, I've decided that I will be calling you Abigail. Oh, good. Is that is like that Abigail Adams? Like Abigail Adams. Yes. One of my favorite first ladies. Oh, good. So I invited you today. Because I have a story that I think you're gonna be interested in. I think I can't. Like, I cannot even wait. This is like up your alley. Is it? Um, I think. I think so. I think you're gonna enjoy. I feel it. like this story is gonna tell, tell me a lot about what you think of me. <laughs> no, no. There's nothing unflattering about you in it. Or no. I love it. First of all, let me just ask you a couple questions. Okay. Do you know who William Rufus King is? No. Okay. I hardly know. Like, I don't know five presidents off the top of my head. Like, <laughs> I am this, I did not do well in school. Like, I'm street smart, but like, no. Oh, yeah. You, you, as a teacher, yeah, like, as a teacher, you probably would have been like, um, let's put you like in the corner because I would just no. talk to people. Yeah. No, I, I would have been your best friend, but I definitely would have gotten a hard C probably a d <laughs> so i also think it's funny that you think that you have street smarts <laughs> i've got to have one or the other maybe i don't have either you like no. live in utah yeah i'm in utah i'm in salt lake city utah the least streety place in the yeah world. no one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
No. Okay. okay. So I can't even wait. William Rufus King, born in the late 1700s, born into a wealthy family, becomes an attorney. And of course, during that time frame, there was no law school, right? You just apprenticed with other lawyers. And okay. you, when they figured out that you had learned enough, then you could take the bar exam and you could become an attorney yourself. He becomes an attorney and he quickly, because of his family connections, he quickly gets elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, when he was 24 years old. He finally takes the oath of office after he turns 25 because the constitution says you have to be 25 in order to be a U.S. representative. So after a period of time, he resigned being a member of Congress so that he could go to Russia to work for the U.S. minister to Russia. Back then, of course, you didn't (laughs) just have satellite connections where you could just like, you know, we're in the 1700s. Right. So he resigns Congress, goes to Russia. And while he's in Russia, he starts getting word that like, things are starting to things are starting to pop in the American South. Like you might want to buy some land down here because it's going to soon this regions are going to become states. You might want to move here. It seems real great. So he he's getting this information from Russia. Like he's living his dream life in Russia. <laughs> he's working and then through the, through the grapevine he's like he hears this Louisiana <laughs> <laughs> yeah through the grapevine okay. he gets a letter saying I just bought like a big plantation down here um you might want to buy a big plantation down here before all the big plantations get bought up so these are undeveloped area okay. so he buys a large plot of land And he returns to the United States, um, returns to the United States in like 1818 after having worked in Russia for a couple of years. He, again, comes from money, has made money for himself, begins to acquire slaves. And eventually, over the course of his trajectory of his career, um, had acquired over 500 slaves, was one of the largest slave owners in the area from the time the constitution was written until the early 1900s, Abby, people did not get to vote for their own Senator. Senators were chosen by the state government. Like appointed. They were elected by the state, state legislature until the early 1900s when we changed the law to allow senators to be directly elected by the population. So he he becomes very wealthy and well-known and is elected to the U.S. Senate and goes to become a senator. And of course, still had his giant plantation. He just wasn't living there full-time because he becomes a senator. And he, to this day, (laughs) is one of the longest-serving senators. He was in the Senate for almost 29 years. So he is in the, he's been in the Senate. He was in the Senate from 1819 to 1844. Okay. A couple of other little interesting tidbits about this this gentleman (laughs) is that he never, he never married. He never married a woman. He lived with a man for 13 years. That man's name was James Buchanan. James Buchanan later went on to become the president of the United States. Okay. That, that name I knew. Shockingly, I know. (laughs) Um, There has been 150 plus years of speculation about the relationship between King and Buchanan. People who knew them at the time uh, referred to them as Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy. Are you kidding? That was what people (laughs) called them. 
during that time period. I love this. Oh my gosh. So I cannot imagine this. Like this is in today's world, this is so turned like a gay man owning a plantation. Like so some people have said they just had a really close friendship. The rules of friendship at the time were different than they are today. And men often had very close relationships in ways that are socially unacceptable today. Um, yes. Some people have said that those nicknames of like Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy, that those were nicknames that people called others who just like had manners and wore clean clothes. So yeah. again, we don't have any like, and this is my life partner. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, it's just that like... kind of evidence, but yet there there's been a lot of speculation. Let's just, let's just say that. Okay. So in the constitution, there are really only two jobs that it talks about that are in relationship to Congress. So when you hear about somebody who's like, oh, they're the Senate majority leader, they're the, you know, house minority leader, like you hear about all that kind of stuff. None of that is in the constitution. Those are all jobs that Congress has invented for itself uh, mm. in an effort to make things run more smoothly. But There are two jobs that are mentioned in the Constitution for Congress, and one of them is the Speaker of the House, and the other is the President pro tempore of the Senate. And what the President pro tempore does (laughs) is- That sounds like tempura shrimp. Yes. (laughs) The President is pro tempura shrimp. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Now you will remember that name. So the job of the president pro tempore is essentially to stand in, act as the president of the Senate. The Constitution also talks about how the vice president of the United States is supposed to do things like break ties in the Senate, things along those lines. And so they are essentially acting like the vice president would if the vice president was there in the Senate to just like make sure that things are running the way they're supposed to run and everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Like a tempura shrimp job. Like, <laughs> let me, like, babysitter. Uh huh. Right? Like, yeah, yeah just okay. kind of in charge. It yeah. was a, it's a big deal. It's yeah. a big deal to be the president pro tempore. It's a big deal to, the, you're fourth in the line of succession as the president oh. pro tempore. So, president, vice president, speaker of the house, president pro tempore. So, it's a big deal to be yeah. the, essentially the head of the Senate. Have you heard of President Zachary Taylor? Do you remember no, him? Okay, no. so do you? Do you you're think like, I know no, no, no. I thought I cleared that up in the beginning, <laughs> but then you knew about James Buchanan. So I, was I like, know. Okay. I don't even know. I know. I know. I know okay. some. Okay. But Sorry, no. you don't need to know anything. You need to okay. know nothing. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. So <laughs> Good. Zachary Taylor, you know, like he had been this big kind of uh, war hero. He is in office for 16 months and he attends this big gathering, this big parquet at the Washington Monument. And he eats a couple of big bowls of cherries. This is in oh, July. Okay. Okay. I thought you literally were going to say temperature. shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Zachary Taylor eats a bunch of cherries. He drinks a couple of glasses of iced milk. And then then goes back to the White House and starts not feeling too good. And he starts (laughs) having some very serious digestive problems. um, Kind of like coming out both ends. He drinks some water to try to feel better. Uh, Within a few days, he was dead. Literally, just like a few days, the president died. The president died from eating some cherries and drinking some milk. Iced milk. 
spiced milk. I and- just love that. I was thinking like, why does she know this? Like, how <laughs> does she know this? Okay, then he dies. Like, oh, dies. that escalated quickly. That escalated quickly. Yes. Okay. Yes, he was dead within a few days. Okay, and- note to self, no drinking milk and eating cherries. <laughs> <laughs> well, they hypothesize. I mean, it's hard to know. Of course, this is 1850. So obviously medicine was very different then than it is yes. now. Yes. Um, some people think that he died of, you know, like from a bacterial infection, bacteria that was in either the milk or the water that he consumed. Mm-hmm. Other mm-hmm. people think he got gastroenteritis, like an intestinal infection from the combination of eating cherries and drinking this and kind of potentially infected milk. Um, (laughs) Those kinds of infections were very prominent in that region during that time. Okay. Like we didn't have refrigeration. So he dies. He dies. And he died 16 months after becoming the president, right? Like it's unusual for a president to die that quickly, even during the 1800s. Yeah. And and for him to have his death so strongly associated with eating cherries and drinking milk, it was like, it was so unexpected because he wasn't known to be like a sickly man that just shows. Like like, it just seems suspicious, right? Okay. So Millard Fillmore, who was the vice president at the time, quickly has to become the president because- Zachary Taylor is dead 16 months after getting elected. So during that time, this is not true anymore, but during that time, we had no way to fill the seat of vice president. If something happened to the president and the vice president had to become the president, or if the vice president died, the seat of vice president was just left open. They okay. did nothing about it. Now we have a method to replace the vice president. They're like, we should probably fix that. We should probably, <laughs> like, it's actually a national security issue to have no presidential backup. Yeah. Right? Right? What, like, that's a yeah. bad idea. Dang. So 1851, a man who is new to this story named Franklin Pierce gets nominated to be the president of the United States. We're moving past Fillmore and all of that kind of stuff. We're moving ahead okay. to 1851. 1851. Franklin, yes. Franklin Pierce gets nominated to be the president and William Rufus King was nominated to be the vice president. You know, the system is not the same as it is now where you have a candidate who says, I'm running for president and this person is my vice presidential pick. At the time, parties selected the tickets for themselves and they decided Mm -hmm. who's going to be our presidential nominee and who's going to be our vice presidential nominee. That was done at the actual conventions. So this was decided at the Democratic Convention, which was held in Mm. Baltimore in 1851. I kind of like that, actually. Yeah, that it's a third party, yeah. like a, other groups of people are making these decisions yes. about who would be good at this job. I get it. Yes. Yeah. Franklin Pierce and William Rufus King win the election. We have all had embarrassing moments where something didn't smell quite right. And if you have any children or people in your lives who have stinky toes, stinky feet, and those stinky shoes pile up by the door of your house and then when people come over they're like um your house smells weird there's a solution for that and it is not necessarily spraying down your house with disinfectant it is taking care of the smell at the source by using lumi on places like the people in your house's stinky feet it is a whole body deodorant it is safe to use 
anywhere on your body. It was created by a doctor who saw firsthand how stinky feet and other body parts are often misdiagnosed as problems when in reality you could just use a product like Lumi and it would take care of the issue. It has been clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SHARON at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code SHARON. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress in our life. Absolutely. It's unavoidable. It's just part of the human experience. But some of us have more than others, and some of us handle it better than others. Some of us really keep it bottled up, and it can start to affect us negatively. I would imagine at some point in your life, you can relate to this, right? And therapy is a safe space to be able to get some of these things off your chest. And that is why so many people find benefit in speaking to a qualified professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy for something like managing your stress, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sharon today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Sharon. We hear from a lot of interesting people on this podcast, and I know that I am always hungry for more. And what if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? Guess what? You can. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best instructors. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, your computer, your smart TV, even in audio modes, you can listen to it like a podcast. I know that when I watch Doris Kearns Goodwin, that first of all, I'm going to be getting fantastic information, that the production level is going to be incredible. And then I'm going to walk away feeling smarter and more informed than I was before. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Sharon. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Sharon. Masterclass.com slash Sharon. So King is going to become the vice president. Pierce is going to become the president. All through this campaign period, by the way, campaign periods did not last two and a half years like they do now yeah you know where yeah. it's like how long is this gonna take um it was much shorter there weren't 50 states either that's true 
True. Very true. <laughs> they weren't going out to California. That's right. No. That's right. <laughs> um, so late in 1852, after, you know, after the election had been won, King starts getting sicker and sicker and sicker. No. He had, he had experienced some sickness during the campaign. And by mid-December, like December 20th, King decides to resign his seat in the Senate so that he can really focus on his own health and getting well before he becomes, becomes. the vice president. So when did he become, like, when is it the same now where it's like you start, like, when do you start becoming the vice president? In or Mar- the March, March. So same. Okay. No, it used to be March and we have moved it to January now. Oh, oh so okay. it, it used to be, yep. It used like to be the same. No, it's the no. same. It's the same. March and March and January are the same. It's the same. It's the next year, though. Okay, so they get it elected, is. and then he left office, left his Senate seat on December twentieth, and he had tuberculosis. King did, and his doctor at the time was like, "You know what? You don't need is to stay here in damp, crowded Washington D.C. with your tuberculosis. Yeah, what you should do is go to Cuba." <laughs> that's what you should do <laughs> not not, not go wear a mask. plantation go, yeah. go to cuba okay. yeah don't don't go to your plantation go what? to go to cuba okay. so he on advice of his doctor um decides okay i'm gonna go to cuba uh where hopefully i will be able to recover enough to assume the vice presidency at the beginning of March. In early January, so this is the interim period before Franklin Pierce and William Rufus King assume their roles in the White House. Okay. In January, Franklin Pierce was attending a funeral. Pierce was from New Hampshire. Uh, he was pro-slavery, but he was from the North. And Ooh. he was attending a funeral in Massachusetts. Quick little backstory about Franklin Pierce and his wife. They had three sons. Their first son, Franklin Pierce Jr., died a few days after he was born. Their second son, who they named Frank, died when he was four from from an illness. They had one son left named Benny. So Pierce and his wife and their son were leaving Massachusetts to go back to New Hampshire, leaving a funeral. Shortly after they boarded the train to return home, an axle on the train broke. And the train fell off of the tracks and tumbled down a 20 foot embankment. No. And Franklin Pierce's son, Benny, mm. was, was decapitated and died. And so this. I'm legit going to start crying. Can, yes, you, imagine? can you imagine? I all, cannot. All no. three of your sons. Um, being killed and your son being killed in such a dramatic accidental fashion in front of your eyes a couple of months before you're supposed to become the president of the united states king is sick with tuberculosis in cuba and (laughs) pierce's son was just killed in a train accident Listen, I know if you pick up any kind of beauty magazine or you follow an influencer, there's like a new skincare product every single day of the week. And it can be really difficult to know which ones to even try, like which one is worth your money. And if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, you might be excited to know that one of today's sponsors is OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy. No complicated routines. 
just simple scientifically validated solutions. The secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. I especially like the eye cream. It's not too thick where you feel like it's gonna clog all your pores, but it goes on really, really nicely under makeup. For a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase using the code SHARON when you check out at oneskin.co. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O. Try OneSkin and enjoy younger, healthier skin without all the extra steps. That's oneskin.co, code SHARON. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So he considered what, you know, like, do I even go ahead with this? Finally, the Pierces get to Washington, D.C. This is March 4th. Meanwhile, King is too sick. Oh, no. Too sick to come back to to Washington, D.C. for the inauguration. Congress hearing from King like, I don't know if I can make it. I'm real sick. They decide a couple of days before the inauguration. Okay, let's pass a special resolution that will allow King to be sworn in as vice president while he's in Cuba. (laughs) And again, bear in mind, this is the early 1850s. They can't just be like, hey, yep, let me, let's just call him and be like, sure, we'll swear you in. How do they get a message to him? They have to send it, like send it, maybe yeah. a boat physical piece of paper. Somebody needs to transmit the message to him. So it takes a while to get these kind of messages. So they, they decide March 2nd, okay, we're going to let King get sworn in down there in Cuba. Pierce over here, like he, <laughs> is he even going to make it? I don't know. So he, he makes, he finally makes it to Washington, DC. His wife was so distraught that she could not attend his inauguration. 
He felt that God was punishing him for something, um, which is why all three of his children died. And he refused to take the oath of office on the Bible. Like he refused to put his hand on the Bible. And he's like, because he felt like God was punishing him. It was not until March 24th that they finally swore in William Rufus King as vice president. So the message got delayed on the boat. Coming yeah, over yeah. Just it took a, little a while. Bit. Just it a took minute. A while. Yes. So we had a president on March 4th, you know, three weeks later, they finally swear William Rufus King in as vice president. And he's like, well, I'm the vice president. I should probably <laughs> try to return to the country that I am the vice president of. Right. Like that might be handy, but while he was being sworn in, he, he was too weak to even stand up to take the oath of office. Oh my gosh. Literally just like lying in bed two weeks after he becomes the vice president, he finally is like, um, okay, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to make it back to the United States. He leaves Cuba on April 6th. He left Cuba. This is how long it took to get back to his house. <laughs> it took from April 6th to April 17th okay. to get back to his house. From that's Cuba. actually, that's actually shorter than I thought. Honestly. <laughs> that is, I mean, like people float to Cuba on a raft. <laughs> like how, why is it taking weeks like because i live in utah i live in utah so i'm like for me to get home from cuba with like no yeah it probably no. would take you this that is long. Like, yeah it would take way longer but like but yeah, yeah you can float to cuba on a raft. so he finally arrived home on april 17th and then he died the next day <laughs> his office is left vacant Franklin Pierce has no vice president for the remainder of his time. Franklin Pierce developed a very serious drinking problem. His wife had very serious depression for his entire presidency. Mm. When he tried to run again to become the president. Wait, why would he even try? The opposition to Pierce was very strong. And the slogan that was used was like, anyone but Pierce, literally anyone but Pierce. And oh, get guess who the, yes. his kids die, and then everyone's like, "No, you're a loser." Anyone but you. Anyone but you. And guess who became president after Pierce left office? Buchanan. James Buchanan. Yes. Yes. James Buchanan became president. Was he depressed because of Rufus? I don't know. That's a good question. I want to know. So Buchanan never married. Pierce later died just a few years later after leaving office from cirrhosis of the liver. He literally drank, drank himself, himself to death. death. Here's the last little tidbit of this story. The okay. Oh my place gosh. Where William Rufus King purchased his plantation and where he enslaved hundreds and hundreds of people was in Selma, Alabama. Oh and he founded the city of Selma, Alabama. He was one of the co founders of the city of Selma, which of course, a little less than 100 years later, wow. Martin Luther King led yes. the Selma marches where they yes. were marching from Selma to try to get 
voting rights for everyone. And Lyndon Johnson was president at that time. And Lyndon Johnson eventually signed the Voting Rights Act during that time period. But that started in the city, the city that William Rufus King, the plantation owner, founded. Only vice president for a few weeks and was vice president in the United States for one day. (laughs) No, not even a day. Not even a whole day. Okay, so I want to know what your thoughts are on him. Like, what do you feel like? Because I'm going back and forth between like, oh my gosh, I feel so sorry for him. And then I'm like, oh yeah, he had like, he like owned slaves and stuff. Like, yeah. No, I don't feel bad for him. He got what was (laughs) going to him. Like, what do you do? Like, that's a great question. And I think that is the question that people modern students of history, modern historians wrestle with. That is the question. How do we make sense of the fact that so many of our predecessors for so many years owned human beings? How do we tease out uh, their contributions to America and also reconcile the idea that they did something that is morally reprehensible to us today. How do we reconcile the idea that George Washington, Thomas Jefferson were very, very wealthy, large plantation owners owned, yes. owned hundreds and hundreds of slaves. And sometimes even in the case of George Washington, he later expressed his like, I don't know. I don't know if I, this is the right thing to do, but their loyalty was to the union. Their loyalty was to keep the institution alive. Today, it seems like there should be no choice. Today, the choice is don't do that. Isn't that like kind of the prevailing sentiment? Yes. Give up your trappings of wealth to do the right thing. That's our current perspective. Yeah. And so I totally get where you're coming from. And I don't have a, a magic formula to say, here's how we separate the good that somebody did from the bad that somebody did. We have a natural tendency to categorize people into good and bad. We do have that natural tendency because it's easier for our brains to make sense of them. If we can be like, (laughs) these are the, you know, like the allies in world war two were the good guys. Hitler was the best, right? Like we want to, we want to be able to categorize people into those two camps. And in reality, humans are much more complicated than that. And I don't think it serves us to just categorize people as good guys and bad guys. It helps us to look at the totality of the picture of who they were. We can absolutely say that Hitler did nothing worth saving. Like we're not going to be like, here's all the good things Hitler did. Nope. (laughs) There's none of that. You know what I mean? But I do think we absolutely have to be honest about what, has happened in history. We have to be honest, look at the totality of somebody's contribution, determine what the positives of their contribution were. We can't pretend that George Washington did nothing good. You know, like this, (laughs) right? We can't pretend he didn't win the Revolutionary War. We can't pretend he did nothing positive, but yet we also can't pretend that he did nothing bad. We can't, we can't move forward if we're going to just pretend that Americans have always gotten along and done the right thing. We have to continue to work for progress. I love it. Yes. I love this story. I love talking to you. 
could talk all day. It's fine. We really could. Thank I you know. so much. I love that you asked me to do this. Yes, Seriously. I, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram. Okay. So my handle, it's Abby Ayers. Spell it. Just, uh, Abby Ayers. A-B-I-A-Y-R-E-S. Yes. Yep. You have to go on Instagram. And so fun <laughs> and watch her stories about carol for president you will a fun die one. of laughter and it she's just an absolute Aww. you i don't need to talk about you in the third person you are you. a delight <laughs> i you love you delight. yes okay Aww, thank you so much i love the rufus story yes hey rufus rufy <laughs> the frat boy who everything was handed to you. Boy, That's your Russia, Cuba, whatever. <laughs> Shrimp tempura. <laughs> <laughs> that, the end. Okay. Shrimp tempura, the end. Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. I cannot wait to have another mind blown moment with you next episode. Thanks again for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast.